Hey, Stacy, welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. We are so glad that you joined us today for this interview on all things prophetic. I am so honored to be here, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, it's such an honor, and uh, we want to hear your journey. I know that you didn't start off necessarily with a real understanding that God had called you into the prophetic, but let's hear about that journey. How did you step into that space? It's actually a really interesting journey, and the more I talk about it, I find out the more common it is that there would be some kind of battle over the prophetic in people's lives, particularly if that's something the Lord wants to use them powerfully in. But I actually grew up um, in the Baptist movement. I'm so grateful for that. And my parents are Baptist pastors and love the word, love the Lord. I would say my childhood home experience was Baptocostal. So I remember my parents getting baptized in the spirit and speaking in tongues and um, then praying that I would have a Deborah spirit each night. But I guess my experience at home and then the corporate experience, there was quite a gap and it was quite different. And in my late teen years, when I was already kind of quietly rebelling behind the scenes, trying to figure out my own faith, uh, my parents' church actually split over a prophetic word. Um, so an elder brought a prophetic word to the church. And interestingly, it was a prophetic word that I had actually shared with my father when I was about nine years old about a building. So when this man brought this word, this elder, to me, it was like, finally, we're going to do this. We're going to do something about it. And then what proceeded to happen was within that movement that we vote on um, whether or not we want to endorse this prophetic word. And instead, the membership meeting turned into my parents sitting up the front facing the congregation with this elder who brought the prophetic word and people actually accusing him of being a false prophet. What we found out was that most of the church were cessationists and did not believe that the gift of prophecy still existed. So then my parents were voted out as the pastors in front of all us children sitting on the front row. And um, within a few months, um, my parents and my two little sisters had to move interstate uh, because my dad could not get another church in that state because he was the pastor who believed in prophecy. And for me at that age, I was afraid of hearing the Lord's voice because hearing his voice had been so natural to me my whole life but I actually saw what it could do within a community. And so it felt dangerous to me. I was disillusioned with the church. I was disillusioned with uh, God. And so I ran from God for a number of years. And it actually took a really full-on demonic encounter to get my butt back in church. <laughs> and um, I just love what the Lord has done, that he's got me now operating in what I'm operating in and I, of course, now see that the enemy was trying to steal, kill and destroy my calling. Um, but at the time, it was just very painful. It was painful in the natural. It was painful spiritually. So then I've gone on the journey in the last 12 years of I came on at our church, Numa, as the worship pastor. And I guess I always had a prophetic edge to my worship leading. Um, but it was really Pastor Corey and Simone in the last five, seven years that began to really call that prophet uh, role out of my life and believe in me as that. And so they've been a big part of my development. I'm so grateful to each of them, as well as just really carefully studying God's word for what it says about the prophets, the prophetic. 
And of course, gleaning from as many people as I could, very blessed to have people in my world like Roma Waterman and Stephen Sally McCracken and David McCracken, uh, Vicky Simpson, or who's now Vicky DeRazio, been a big part of my life since I was about 20 and, you know, really has helped me to grow in my prophetic calling. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's just talk a little bit more about that development phase, because I think it's so important that we get this right in the sense that there was a journey, obviously, but there was also an intentionality in the sense that you were really, you know, just seeking the Lord um, for more understanding. How did that impact you in terms of not just having more knowledge and understanding about the prophetic, but seeing that manifest in your life? Yeah, you know, I think when I was maybe 20, Actually, Vicki Simpson at the time, she was itinerating. I was worship leading at a women's meeting in Brisbane and she actually prophesied over me that I would deliver the prophetic song and word of the Lord and that I would be like a bell and like a trumpet, a dinner bell and a trumpet. And then 20 years later, so I go through a process of learning to discern the Lord's voice for myself, for others doing as many masterclasses, some Bible college, but also just studying the scriptures for myself. Um, 20 years later, she comes back into my life at 40 and prophesies, and now is the time. So it did take 20 years for the Lord to develop that within me. And I am now so grateful that he didn't release me when I thought I was ready because the word is very clear in 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gift of prophecy. And it's actually the way that that grammar is, struct, is constructed is that you pursue love first and then eagerly desire. And I eagerly desired the spiritual gift of prophecy because I thought it would give me a platform. I did not pursue love and so as I've developed in my relationship with the Lord and in my understanding of what the scriptures say, and that actually to prophesy is an act of love, the Lord has entrusted me with more in the spiritual, in terms of his secrets, as well as in the natural, as I have humbled myself and pursued love before I've eagerly desired to prophesy. Yeah, great. And I love how the Lord does that. You know, he He promotes us. Uh, in his timing. And there's occasions, I'm sure many people can relate to this who are watching this um, episode right now. Uh, you know, you feel sometimes that you're stuck, that the doors aren't opening, that God's not, you know, delivering on his promises to you. But there's a process uh, you have to go through. And he knows when uh, you're ready to step into the next phase, at least. So, wow. Exactly right. You know, 1 Timothy 1.18 talks about warring with the prophecies previously made about you. And one of the ways we do that is to actually steward the words. So I don't, there are, I couldn't just take that prophecy from Vicky and put it on a shelf and treat God like a magic genie. So if I want to walk in prophetic song and I want to walk in prophet, delivering prophetic words, there are things that I can do. That included going and doing a Bible college subject. That included studying the scriptures. That included sacrificing my own resource. That included asking people who I honored in this space for 15 minutes and going with a bunch of questions and learning. It included trying and failing. It included seasons where I was not released, but you know what I could do? Be the most encouraging person in the congregation 
And so even as a worship leader, when I wasn't released to sing prophetically, I could ask the Lord, highlight a couple that I have the honour of worship leading today, and I could write them a card during the week, encouraging them for the way they worshipped and specific things that the Lord highlighted, just basic encouragement. What I was doing was actually building trust with myself, building trust with the Lord, and building trust with the people I was leading. Wow. Yeah, so you've just touched on something that is really um, important. When someone is um, in a space, maybe serving at a church, for example, on team, and they're like, hey, I've got this calling, I'm graced, I'm anointed to be, you know, to minister prophetically, or, you know, I'm, I'm not even saying in the, in the role of the fivefold office of a prophet, but just saying ministering prophetically, but they're not released. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that because how do you navigate that tension? Yeah, and that is a tension. And I think that what we need to be careful of in in church culture is that the culture of prophecy, the prophetic cultures we cultivate, do not reflect the culture of the world more than they reflect kingdom culture. It's a very worldly mindset to think that the pinnacle of prophetic ministry is a microphone and a platform. When we look at the whole arc of scripture, there's actually not a whole bunch of individual prophetic words given. There's more corporate prophecy or the word of the Lord brought to a people group. Now, there is biblical precedent for individual prophecy, but it's certainly not in the same percentage as what we see displayed in our church services, where we see the pinnacle being an individual receiving a prophetic word from a platform on a microphone. And that, to me, we need to be careful that that doesn't begin to reflect an individualistic, consumerist mindset of the world more than it reflects what the Bible teaches about prophecy. There's a place for it, but it shouldn't be the entirety of it. So if we pursue love first, we would understand that actually often the most loving thing we can do with the secrets that God presents to us is to get to our knees and to pray and to pray for the people, pray for the situations, to declare God's will over situations. And that 1% of what the Lord reveals to us might ever be declared publicly. So when people talk about the tensions they feel, often it's because they don't feel like they have a platform because there are so many ways you can operate prophetically and should be as a prophetic person that are nothing to do with a platform. And they often hold more power and less confusion because when a public prophetic word comes, everyone's in on it. And everyone wants to have a say on it. Everyone wants to judge the person who gave the word. And everyone wants to tell you what the word you just got meant. It's actually, I find, more beneficial to receive a prophetic word in private or to deliver a word in private because it actually takes away some of the risk of the dilution of worldliness. Very good. Thank you for touching on that. I was hoping you would uh, address that. <laughs> And I knew you would, of course, but so good. And, you know, Pastor Stacy, one of the things that I've really been contending for, really advocating is, look, you know, you've got young emerging leaders in particular, and they're like, hey, I'm not being used. And, and it, again, like you said, it's primarily the platform, right? 
but yet Jesus said that the world is the harvest field. And there's so many, so many places and so many people that need ministry wherever we go. And so if we can shift from that mindset, because unfortunately it's convoluted in the sense that sometimes it's really becomes about us and I want to be recognized and, and so on. And thank God for what he's doing right now in his church. He's really bringing purity and into our motives and to everything. So it, Jesus is the one who's getting the glory. So uh, I appreciate that. And also the, the whole idea of ministering a word privately. There are times for a public delivery, as you've said, but that private, you know, delivery of the word where we just go to someone, we say, hey, I feel like this is what the Lord said. And boom, we release it. And yeah, and it's still effective. I mean, it hasn't changed anything. If you're speaking to that person. Uh, so, so important. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I really pray that those who are listening to this podcast, watching this video would get this and, uh, you know, go on that journey, guys. Let's really make it about him. So, you know, Glenn, one of the things I love is like, there are so many ways you can be prophetic and it's not just the delivery of a word. And of course, I understand theologically that when we're looking at the word in the New Testament, to prophesy, it does mean to deliver a word on behalf of the Lord. But if we can get out of our religious boxes for a second, there are ways that we can operate prophetically that deliver a word with actions or kindness or even gift giving. So there are times, you know, have been times where I don't get to deliver a word from platform over somebody, but the Lord says, because that's not my best way. I want you to go and buy this specific thing that means something to that person and go and drop it at their house and they don't even need to know who that came from. And often he's purifying me in that process and making sure that I'm not desiring the recognition of man or falling into the fear of man or performance, which prophets struggle with. And the person feels loved by the father, seen by the father in a level of detail that I couldn't make up. That's a beautiful prophetic act. People have done that for me. I was the recipient of that recently. Or, you know, just getting on your phone and saying, Lord, who in my contacts do you want me to send a text message to today with a word from you? And it could be a scripture because that's safe. There are so many ways that we can be prophetic that nobody else can control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Um, okay, let's shift gears a little bit here now. Um, talk about the prophetic in the local church and um, also in the context of fivefold. Now, you are on team, serve and the leadership executive team at Newman Church in the prophetic pillar. Um, what does that look like, an overview of what that entails? Yeah, I'm really privileged to be in one of the very few churches on the planet at the moment. I believe there'll be more in the coming years that are operating fully staffed under the wineskin of the fivefold, according to Ephesians 4, where it talks about Jesus ascended and then he gave the gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd and teacher. So here at Numa, we have a global executive that oversees all of our locations across Australia, um, America and Asia that has is based and built all of our staff and volunteer teams around the apostle, 
prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. And then we have um, a business pillar that really helps us steward the resource um, and and empowers those fivefold teams. Um, so at a high level in terms of, you know, what that looks like at NUMA, um, I've got within my pillar the worship teams, the creative teams, the prayer teams, the prophets, and the communications. Wow, that's so cool. Um, yeah, and as you said, we are certainly seeing more and more churches that are transitioning into the fivefold, and it's awesome. But the way it's structured in NUMA, being very intentional, I, that's very rare. Um, in fact, I don't know if I've ever seen it before until actually being on team at NUMA myself. So uh, very, very awesome, really good. Yeah, it's really interesting, Pastor Glenn, that it, like this wineskin was put into place in a very bold way and Pastor Corey and Sim are incredibly bold leaders. And it was then once the wineskin was in place that the new wine flowed. And that we've had this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I actually believe that he wants to pour out the new wine, last day's wine. He's saving the best for last, but he's waiting for the right wineskins. So good. And hey, I have been saying this um, for the past few years, uh, reformation before revival, or not to say that we can't have revival without the proper wineskin. We have had that but it's not really been sustained. And, you know, uh, so I really believe the season we're in now is all about reformation, getting the right wineskin in place. And then from that, you know, and I love the story of Ezekiel and the dry bones. And when I read that a few years ago, the Lord just showed me that. And he said, look, that structure um, was created first, the body, and then, of course, the wind, the pneuma, the ruach came in afterwards. And so when we talk about what's been going on at pneuma um, last year, there was an outbreak of the spirit and it's um, continued. But as you just pointed out, many people may not be aware of this, that prior to that outpouring, there was that building of that wine skin being very intentional. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so good. Um, let's talk about the vision you had about the five um, really, comp what, what's the word, ingredients um, and the anointing oil. Tell us about that vision. Yeah, this was actually a really pivotal moment for our church and for our executive team. It was in 2019. So Pastor Corey and Simone had just started leading the church. They um, immediately brought in this fivefold structure, which meant the restructuring of all of our staff, 60, 80 staff, all of our volunteer teams, multiple locations across the church. And we were away on an executive retreat and we were actually discussing and processing the restructure and the transition to fivefold. And I was praying and had been for a couple of months like, Lord, I need to hear from you what does this practically look like? I mean, I, I'm seeing what the Bible says. I'm hearing the theology. I know we've structured it, but it's just not quite clicking for me. And it was interesting because we had some of our location pastors in the room and they were all prophesying over one another. And it was very kind of noisy what was happening. Beautiful, but noisy. So I did what any good prophet would do. And I actually got down and laid underneath the table to encounter the Lord, just to find a cave for myself. And 
it was crazy because the moment I gone under there and began to pray, a really strong fragrance surrounded me. And this was the first time this had actually happened to me. And the fragrance was really complex. It was beautiful. It was sweet. It was spicy all at once. And I was really aware I could actually smell five distinct layers to the fragrance, but then I could also smell it all at once. And I couldn't name exactly what the layers were, but I could smell five very distinct smells. And I could actually focus in on each of the individual smells. Um, it was one of the most wild experience, experiences. And as I processed, like, wow, I don't think this is any of the location pastors or the executive. I think this might be the Lord. Um, a vision opened up to me. And what I saw was like a Jewish um, menorah or candelabra um, that actually had five stems. And on the front of the five stems was the letters A-P-E-S-T, one on each stem. And then what I saw next in the vision was that the five stems were all um, facing downwards individually. They did not come together. So they were like five individual candelabras, but I could tell they were meant to be connected. And then above each of them, there was an oil that I could smell an apostolic oil being released into one stem, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding or pastoring and the teaching oil. So I could smell the five oils individually. And the Lord began to speak to me that this is what the church has looked like for the previous decades, that there's been perhaps a prophetic, um, at times we bring in a traveling prophet and that oil is released. At times, um, you know, we might do an evangelistic event and the evangelism oil is released. Uh, we definitely have had a very heavy pastoral oil in the last 10, 20 years in the church, but that this was not his intention. So then I saw this set of feet come from the side and it took each of the stems and it connected them at the bottom like a menorah or a candelabra should be connected so that all of the five oils began to drip out of the bottom in a unified way and they were caught in a bowl. And I saw this set of feet take a mixing spoon and begin to mix the oils and then the bowl began to tip out and it tipped onto one person and then down onto what I knew to be the church. And I was immediately reminded of Psalm 133 where it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity it is like oil, the precious oil poured on the head of Aaron flowing down his beard and down his robe. And what's really interesting is post this vision, studying that, that of course was the five ingredient oil described in Exodus 30. Aaron was the first priest that was anointed with this oil. And when the priest was anointed, it had such a pungent smell that I believe I was smelling that the whole, all the tribes would know a priest is being anointed right now. This is a significant moment. And so I then studied Exodus 30 and what is crazy, if you look at those five ingredients, the Lord says, this is only to be mixed for anointing and for the house. This is sacred. And if you look at each of the five ingredients, each of them can actually, actually be related and representative of apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoring and teaching in terms of their healing properties and the, the fragrance they release. So then if you think about, you know, 2 Corinthians, where it talks about that we are the fragrance of Christ 
And we know that Jesus was the ultimate fivefold. He was apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. So the Lord began to show me that what he was showing me in this vision was that as these five stems came together and was released out onto his church, that the saints, because the fivefold are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, they receive of all five oils on their life when they're in a fivefold house. And then they carry the fragrance of Christ with them into their workplaces, their schools, their universities, which means they might be with somebody and they need a word of knowledge for them. They can pull on that prophetic grace. They might be with someone who doesn't know Jesus and they want to share their testimony and share the gospel. They can pull on that evangelistic grace. We've had people who've been complaints departments and good pastors for years, but they don't know how to lead people to Jesus. We've had people who don't know how to operate in prophetic healing in a cafe. But now that we've got this five-fold wineskin with the five oils, which the business pillar was that set of feet, mixing these five oils together, providing the resource to provide to pour all five out onto the saints, they carry the fullness of the fragrance of Christ, not one dimension, not two, all five, out into the world and we can literally see kingdom come to earth in all seven spheres of society. There's so much there. Um, I've got about a thousand questions, but no. Um, but seriously, the fullness of Christ, you mentioned Jesus was the you know incarnation of, of the fivefold when he, he was on the earth. So the fivefold, when mixed together, collaborating, um, you know, that merging that symbiotic relationship releases the fragrance of Christ. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that is what I'm saying. And and it, it was, I mean, I'm no th theologian. I'm little me who had a vision. And then the Lord led me on these breadcrumbs through scripture. And then I presented this to our teacher at the time, Dr. Mike, who was part of an international 5Q cohort led by Alan Hirsch, he takes this vision to them. This group of men start freaking out because they've never put this together before. But they, they're like, oh, my gosh, Scripture has been saying this. Who is this person that's received this vision? And it was quite offensive to them that it was me because I had no idea what I was receiving. But I love that the Lord works that way because I can take no glory because I really had no idea. But what I love about that is that um, we have the opportunity to equip the saints with all five oils. So we don't have to be like, oh, I'm prophetic or I'm evangelistic. And of, of course, it's important to operate in our strengths and the Lord gives gifts to build the body and all the things. But it means if you're receiving of that oil, you can rely on it and you can rely on that anointing, whichever one you need, wherever you are. And then we represent a more fuller, more beautiful picture of who Jesus is to a world that needs him. And, and practically, Glenn, you know, it means that in executive meetings, if we're stuck on something, I'm sitting back praying, going, okay, is there an oil missing? What's, what's got us stuck? It, it, do we need the evangelist to speak into this right now? Can I not smell that? Do we actually need the teacher to speak into this space? So I am often referring back to that vision going, are we operating like the silos? Do we need to be pulled together and mixed again? Are we, are we releasing five separate oils or is one missing? 
And so it's been such a gift from the Lord to help pull us back to the fivefold all mixed together with a culture of honor. Yeah. Wow. So good. Yeah. Ephesians one twenty three says that the body, the body of Christ is the fullness of him who fills all in all. And uh, yeah, it's so important because as you said so aptly, Pastor Stacy, we have churches, pastor led, maybe prophetic led, and there's just this one expression, this one facet, so to speak, of the grace, but this fivefold grace, which I, I love the scripture in Peter, he talks about the manifold grace of God, which is the variegated, you know, the many multifaceted grace of God that as a diamond has facets, uh, but when you, it's still one, when you bring it together, not operating autonomously, but working together, then the full measure is, is released. Um, and that's so good. And again, just talking about in the context of NUMA, um, and we use this just really as a reference point here, is the fivefold isn't operating autonomous, autonomously like in silos, as you said. So, oh yeah, you're the, um, you know, apostle and you're the evangelist, et cetera. Just go do your thing. But there's uh, an amalgamation. And how how does that work? How does the fivefold actually um, converge and and collaborate? Yeah, look, it, firstly, it has to start with an incredible humility and security from the senior leaders because they're actually choosing not to hold all the power and make all the decisions, but going, hey, we can't be all things to all people. So Pastor Corey and Simone, they're like, we don't want to be all things to all people. We have a revelation of fivefold, so we are going to collaborate. And it is really held together by a culture of 360 honour. So honour up, honour down, honour sideways. So it means a deferring to one another's grace when we're collaborating. So for example, um, I could spend weeks exegeting a passage that our teacher could exegete in 10 minutes. Now, it shows honour and humility if I as the prophet have received a word from the Lord that he wants me to, to preach to the church and I go sit with the teacher and say, can you teach me about this passage? Now, could I do it for myself? Yes, but it's honouring and it's receiving of his grace and it's understanding, he will have more understanding and more insight because I believe he is called and graced as a fivefold teacher from God and I am not. So I am going and receiving of his oil. It means, you know, for the apostle and the prophet who are called to live with their eyes and their ears in heaven, we can often lose sight of the people in the sense of urgency we feel. So for Pastor Corey and myself, we often feel things urgently, heavily, and we want it to happen yesterday. And we can, without the evangelist, the past and the pastor particularly, can lose sight of how our sense of urgency and quick pace can feel to the, the visitor or the pre-Christ person. And with the pastor, how it can feel to the people when we want to change life groups for the fourth time that year because we've heard from the Lord. So we actually need to defer to their graces and allow them to say, okay, we honour that the Lord is speaking to you, but could we talk about the timing of that 
And could we talk about what that looks like so that we pastor and shepherd people well? In the same way as, you know, when our pastoral pillar head, Pastor Joe, is praying about um, wholeness strategies, he comes to me and he says, what's the Lord saying to you about where our church is at? What's the Lord saying to you about, this was a, a real conversation earlier this year, what's the Lord saying to you about how pastoral needs to support a revival culture filled with power encounters? And so we're collaborating together on uh, the soul ministries that need to come alongside these power spirit encounters that are happening. So that's just some practical ways that the fivefold works together. Um, mm. Okay. So the prophetic is obviously very significant. Mm. Um, scripture talks about the church being built on the foundation of apostles and prophets and mm -hmm. you know, Ephesians 2, 20. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God has set in the church. Firstly, apostles, secondarily, prophets. So very significant. Um, yes. What role has the prophetic played in the establishment of, you know, direction, launching new initiatives um, in NUMA? Can you give us some examples of that? I can, yeah. I think one of the real gifts from the Lord is that um, my husband, Jai, and I have had long-term relationship with Pastor Corey and Simone. Mm -hmm. before they were our leaders. And so we were building rapport and relationship and, and running life things by one another for years before we were working as apostle prophet. Um, so there is an easy flow in our communication and we communicate often. So okay. we are constantly talking about what we're picking up, what the Lord is saying to each other, to the church, what the other prophets in our house and world are hearing from the Lord. We're talking about that stuff all the time. I, The way I see my role as uh, the prophet for the apostle, number one, I'm the most encouraging, try to be the most encouraging person in their world. But number two, I do have a responsibility to prioritize hearing from the Lord. And that might be about times and seasons. It might be confirming things that he's already sensing from the Lord. So he'll be saying to me, I'm thinking this might be the next location. Can you pray about it? Or mm. he might say, I know there's a location, but I'm not sure where. Could you pray about that? Mm. Um, so there have been times where we'll go away and pray and come back with the exact same, the Lord said this location. So then we have a yes and amen. Then there's wow. been other times I've come and said, hey, I feel like we're meant to do this with the building because I had this encounter and he'll say, the encounter's right. I don't think your interpretation's right because he has a much mm -hmm. broader picture working with governance bodies that I don't have where he goes, actually, I think the interpretation and application is this. And I'll be like, that makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. Go with it. So mm -hmm. I'm often being a part of a bigger picture that he's seeing. And so mm -hmm. that actually requires for me to hold everything very loose and to go, there'll be times he says, we need to wait on that or, mm hmm. I'm not sure. Let's test that. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's not um, easy for leaders to defer to one another. And mm -hmm. I remember being literally in a meeting I was facilitating with a group of pastors. And mm -hmm. um, one of the pastors told me, he said, look, I believe in the fivefold, but it's just not going to work in our context. And um, I said, and I asked him, I said, why? And he told me, he said, because 
we don't trust one another. Um, mm -hmm. We've been hurt. We've been um, backstabbed, betrayed, and mm -hmm. um, we're just not going to go on, you know, the, do that again. So mm -hmm. the reality is there's a lot of, um, yeah, the, it is very risky to, mm -hmm. to go in, in that direction. And so you've already talked about the culture of honor and yes. trust. Um, yes. How does that work in the sense of, let's just say there is um, a differing of, of opinion or understanding. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to just leave and go start my own church down the street. <laughs> no, yeah. Obviously not, but let's yeah. talk about that, please. Yeah, look, if the only time we ever collaborate or communicate is when we're sitting at an executive table, this won't work. This is built on the foundation of however strong our relationships are is how strong the fivefold will be. And there are, of course, strengths and weaknesses to that because while that team forms and storms, the layer beneath you and the other staff and teams can feel like they're left out while you're forming and storming. So there's lots of things to be aware of within that. In terms of when we hit a stuck point, the first thing we'll do is defer to the grace that it sits with if we are then still stuck on a decision, the apostle will make a decision. He okay. has no issue making a call and mm -hmm. we trust him. We 100% trust him. So, you know, if we're making a decision about worship and we're, we're discussing that and we're stuck, I will be deferred to as the prophet who oversees worship. If I don't have clarity on it, if I do, the whole team will back me. Well, great. We're going to support you on that. Um, if we're making a decision about, you know, an evangelism summit and we're stuck, we're going to defer to Cherie, the evangelist. Okay. And if he's got a strong decision, she's going to get our full backing and our full support mm -hmm. at the table and away from the table. But if we're still stuck, then our senior leader, our apostle, because every, every room needs a leader, he'll make a call. And sometimes it'll be, we're stuck, we're all going to go away and pray and then come back. And him and I will often speak, often in between as Apostle Prophet, um, just trying to discern what the Lord's saying, pick up the breadcrumbs, we'll come back in a week and normally we reach real clarity. If we're still stuck, he'll make a decision. Yeah, so good. Yeah, look, you've answered some other questions that I was going to ask you. Um, so this is really good. Practically speaking, for those who are listening to the podcast, watching mm -hmm. this interview, senior leaders, pastors of churches, um, you know, a ministry wanting to implement the fivefold, what would you say to them in terms of what you've learned, yeah. learned as part of the exec at NUMA, the fivefold exec, mm -hmm. in terms of how to begin that journey? Look, I think... Um... One of the things we would need to be careful of, we've come out of a season in the church where we've built according to a model. Fivefold isn't just a model. It's a paradigm. It's a way of thinking. It's a revelation. So rather than thinking about it like here's the new model and the next thing that's going to build me a big church, that, that would be the wrong mindset. There needs to be a heavenly revelation of the scriptures and what it says and that it's for your context because uh, this is pioneering. It's not easy. 
there are not many people you can look at for how is this done. So you're having to figure that out together when you get it right and when you get it wrong, when you get it right and when you get it wrong strategically and when you get it right and you get it wrong relationally. We're working this stuff out real time and it is not perfect. And we all say we've got no idea what we're doing, but we're trying to figure it out together. So you need to know that you know that the Lord has said this is for your context and given you a revelation because let me tell you, otherwise you will give up when it gets hard and it does get hard. So firstly, we've got a revelation that this is what God is calling us to do in this house and we've needed that. Then we've had to go on the journey of understanding that theologically. So we've literally done four years of monthly coaching from an expert theologically in the fivefold space on this as an executive. So Mm. once a month for four years, we have talked about what the Bible is actually teaching about fivefold. So we've been learning the truth about it and the practical applications. And we've done that in really fun ways. Like, you know, our teachers come and given us each, um, the prophet's hat was purple, the apostle's hat was blue, We had all these different colored caps and each of us had five caps and we'd be presented with a scenario and then everyone had to put on the evangelist hat and try and think like the evangelist to help us to be compassionate to one another. And then everyone had to put on the prophet's hat and think like the prophet. And it was hilarious because they're all like, I had a dream one month ago. (laughs) So I mean, we have fun with it, but we've been very intentional actually about growing our learning and our scriptural foundation of it getting people in when we need it, that's going to continue in a consultancy um, basis. So I think learning as much as you can, some great resources is um, Alan Hirsch's 5Q. Um, We theologically here don't agree with everything he says, but it's a brilliant book, great place to start. Of course, we've got a fivefold book coming out next year that each of the fivefold has written a portion of that. Um, And there's also another amazing resource that I'm going to send to you, Pastor Glenn, that you can link um, that I've just come across was gifted to me from a friend in New Zealand, Pastor Corey and I both reading it at the moment. Um, I think it's called A Reformation of Fivefold. It is brilliant. Yeah, so arming yourself with some resource and then, yeah, yeah, the biggest thing would be, though, you need to know God's saying this for you. Yeah, so good. Thank you. Words of wisdom right there. And uh, Pastor Stacy, um, obviously you're involved in ministry in NUMA, but you are active outside of NUMA. That's the cool thing about NUMA. It's not just uh, about the NUMA world. It's about God's kingdom. Yeah. So for those who would like to go on a journey learning more about prophetic, um, yes. what? how can you help them? What resources do you have available? Yeah, I've got um, a podcast that's called The Prophetic Collective. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, um, iTunes or um, Apple Podcasts, I should say. Um, And that's really came out of a heart of for years I didn't feel like I had prophetic community. So, hey, Mm. let me provide one online and let's discuss what's fivefold, what's the prophetic gifting versus office of the prophet, all kinds of things. What's the Lord saying to the church right now? We're in a series at the moment called Worship Reformation because that's one of the biggest things I believe is on the Lord's heart right now is he's reforming the worship within the church and within his bride. So I'm in that series right now. So there's that available. 
little website, which has been coming up on the screen, stacyhillier.com. Um, profits are all about intimacy. So I've got an e-course that's just come out, which is called okay. Face-to-Face Intimacy. That's also available on there. It's got about 18 teaching sessions, a, a workbook that goes with it. They're short bite-sized videos that um, I've really poured myself into. I believe they're going to help people to hear and see Jesus better, which is everything a prophet wants to see happen. Um, and you can see books and other free resources on my website. Great. So that's stacyhillier.com for those of you listening on the podcast, S-T-A-C-E-Y-H-I-L-L-I-A-R.com. And uh, go over there, guys, and you can access all the resources. We'll put those links in the description as well on Kingdom Community Television. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So good. What an incredible um, discussion. Thank you so much, Pastor Stacy, for your time. We really appreciate this uh, privilege that you graced us with today to hear from yeah. you. It's been such a joy, Pastor Glenn. Thank you. And I should mention that here at our home church, Numa, in May 2024, we actually have a prophetic summit, okay. um, which is a place people can come at our city location in Melbourne. People will be coming from all over the world, and it will involve prophetic impartation as well as prophetic training. Also, that weekend will be released at a special price to those who attend the summit, a six-session e-course in the prophetic that you can take back to your church that wow. will give you all kinds of things like prophetic values. It'll also be available on our global network, um, which yep. you are doing a beautiful job with. So um, check out our numa.church website for all things Prophetic Summit 2024. Great. I was going to refer to the website. It is numa.church, guys. Go there and uh, there'll be even more resources released as well. Great. Yep. Thank you, Pastor Stacy. Have a blessed Thank day. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. You too.